Welcome to The Safety Break, the Whitewater Rescue Podcast. We're here to share stories of real river accidents and rescues and find expert advice on how to solve the problems you might encounter in the Whitewater River environment. I'm your host, Jack Diddy, an emergency medicine physician, whitewater paddler, and wilderness medicine educator. Together, I hope we can celebrate successful rescues and learn from our mistakes in a supportive environment. If you have a story to share of a non-fatal accident or rescue, send me an email at thesafetybreak at gmail.com or contact me on our Facebook page, The Safety Break. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button and follow us on social media. I hope you learned something valuable in the show. iconic and visually spectacular rapid of the green is of course Gorilla. It's a tall and consequential drop, with a narrow entrance slot of twisting current and then some potential for serious impact injury if you mess up the main part of the falls. It then flushes into a series of fast shallow slides. It's a hard rapid to run even on a good day when you're fresh and feeling on top of your game. But in the race you arrive at Gorilla after about three minutes of the hardest anaerobic exertion and mental focus that you can imagine. The saving grace at that moment is the huge rush that you get from the thundering roar of the crowd surrounding the rapid. People are balanced on every rock in sight, packed shoulder to shoulder trying to get a glimpse of the drama unfolding in the water. It's an awesome and overwhelming experience. The other saving grace is that the Green Narrows race has a really great team of volunteers to provide a safety net for the racers. Most of these folks are seasoned Green Narrows paddlers with significant rescue training and experience and a strong familiarity with the particular hazards of the Green River. This helps to take a little bit of the load off the racers' minds and allows them to go fast and take chances, as they say. And if you happen to be one of the swimmers below Gorilla, dropping into the Scream Machine slides, you might be very happy to see our next guest. He'll probably be the one reaching out his hand to try to keep you from drifting further down into the rocky chute at Nice's Pieces. Andrew Grizel has been one of the longest standing safety crew at the Green, stationed on the big rock island in the middle of the slides. Many people call that thing Grizel's Rock. He humbly suggests that it should really be called the Saluda Boys Rock, as it's a team effort with him and a couple of others from that area. One more thing you should know about Andy. If you ever get a chance to paddle with him, chances are you won't see him very much. He happens to be a world champion squirt boater, with the mystery move as his specialty. Fortunately, I caught him at some of his rare time above the surface to chat. So welcome, Andy. Thank you for joining us here. Yeah, um, I'm Andy Grizel uh, from Columbia, South Carolina. I've been been kayaking since like the mid early '90s. I'm a I'm a fair weather sport boater, so I, I usually uh, maybe start like late April, usually around Earth Day, and go towards like maybe the end of September. You know, last couple of weeks of golly season. So you've been one of the longest standing members of the Green Race Safety Crew. How did you get involved in river rescue initially? I took a river rescue class when I was 16, I believe, through um, our local paddling club here in town with um, 
guy named Kelly Fisher and Shane Williams that that used to work for the NOC. They came down to Columbia and taught us taught us river rescue class in our own uh, on our own river, which was a lot of fun and very informative. Since then, I've taken different classes. Uh, when I was in school at Brevard College, I took a swift water rescue class. I've taken probably three or four like ACA uh, swift water rescue programs, you know, over the years through different things. Um, been to the Whitewater Center and took a week long class up there through through work. I'm a I'm a park ranger for the city of Columbia, and I work on the rivers here in town. And so I work with the the fire department as well. You know, um, when they have river rescues on the river, you know, I help them out. You know, whatever accident scene they have at the time. But I also help them with their training in the springtime. So I do that every every spring. So it's almost like every spring I get five days of river rescue practice training. So that sounds like a huge volume of training compared to most paddlers. How did, how did you get involved in the green race? So my role at the green race is I hang out on a rock in the middle of the river below Gorilla uh, Nieces Pieces Screen Machine with a, a crew of two other guys. And every year is a little different. You know, some years we get a lot of boats. And so we're just picking up pieces as they come by. And every now and then we get we get a big fish. And our main role is try to keep uh, paddlers, you know, safe. If they come by us. And they're in trouble is probably because they usually got beat down in uh, the screen machine hole. And then they're about to go down the rest of the slide upside down on their head. You know, so we try to get them back in the fight upright, maybe where they can catch their breath for a minute before they carry on or, you know, roll them up just so they can see the the next uh, beating coming. (laughs) (laughs) So usually to get your name on a river feature, you have to royally screw it up. But this rock in between Scream Machine and Nieces Pieces pretty much bears your name now because of the positive contribution you've made there, helping out there for so many years at the race. When we were talking earlier, though, you said it should be called the Saluda Boys Rock. Who else is helping you out there? It's not a it's not a one man show, you know. It takes everybody to to make it happen out there. And we had three guys on the rock. My brother Curtis, he's kind of like he oversees like the the big picture of things, you know. Like if uh, my buddy Blaine and I are, are working on somebody or trying to get somebody, he's kind of keeping an eye on us and keeping an eye on what's coming downstream in case uh, more action comes in. I'm a tethered into a rope that will will let me go down the top half of the slide and just pendulum me right into an eddy. So it's pretty. It seems like a pretty wild ride, but it's really it's really not that bad. But a lot of times people, you know, thankfully they, they try to roll a bunch and sometimes they they always wait to the last minute to swim. And usually the last minute to swim is right before they go down the next slide. And so I try to jump on them, grab them, or try to roll them up. Or a lot of times we roll them up and they're already falling out of their boat. And so sometimes the, the boat's between us and them or – we get them, and then the boat comes and hits us, and we can't hold on to them. So they end up going for a big ride down the slide, which I know the top half's not that bad. I haven't swam in the bottom part yet, and I don't want to. So can you describe your setup there on the rock a little bit? So, yeah, we're on we're on this rock that is fairly big. It's probably the, the best seat in the house, you know. I think it is kind of the main reason we do it, because we get a good, good view of the whole race, and we don't have to do it with the crowds of people on the other side of the, on the, other side of the river. But... We're on a rock. Um, on the back side is another smaller rock that the big rock is sitting on. And in years past, we used to 
we'd go in on Friday afternoon and set up our, our setup. And so we would usually try to weave this rope around between the two rocks to make a loop that we could clip into. So we did that a bunch. And then after a while, some years there's um, a lot of wood jammed in there and it's hard to find it or get it in there. And so we, we ended up installing um, like a three eighths inch cable behind the rock that just like a, a small loop that goes around it. It's not uh, anything excessive, you know, flapping around in the water, probably thousands and thousands of people have piled right beside it and never even noticed it. You know, it's pretty tight to the rock. So we just, on Saturday mornings we get in and we just, uh, we have all our ropes figured out from years past and we just clip them in and, you know, we have different ones to, one for myself to be clipped in, one for Blaine to be clipped in. Uh, I want to say my brother's clipped in too. And then we have a couple that we use to, that we can throw to a swimmer that's tied off and everything's tied off. And then ones that we can hook boats to, you know, so if we get a boat and a person, this, that, and the other, you know, everything kind of has its place, but you know, we don't have a lot of room on the rock either. So it's like when it gets, when it gets busy, you know, it gets busy out there. And are you on a fixed line or is somebody belaying you? Like on my rope that's hooked to me, you know, I usually go out and test it to make sure that, it's not going to go past the eddy. If I get swept down, I'm like kind of the last one on the line. So if I go, I'm not going to like just clean sweep the rock of everybody else on there with my rope. So it'll go and reach the eddy that's halfway down the, the second part of the slide on the right. And then until I need to make a move to get somebody, I you know have a prussic attached higher up the rope that I have clipped to my life jacket. And then as action paddlers racers started getting closer to us and somebody's getting uh worked over in the hole you know and it looks like we'll have to do something i will go ahead and unclip the the prussic from my life jacket to where i have the the freedom of movement to jump in grab somebody you know blaine my the guy that's down by the water by me will usually will pull me in will pull me right back to the rock unless we're kind of going around the corner if we're going around the corner he just lets it go and you know hopefully we're able to hold on to uh the racer and get him back in the eddy so it's a pretty dynamic setup you know but super easy super simple you know and so over the years we've always just tried to improve upon what we what we had the year before my buddy blaine works for a zipline course they build zipline courses for a living so he has all these you know rope ideas that we think about or you know, using the ascenders to help pull boats up instead of letting them slide back down because a, a green boat full of water weighs a lot. And I'll, I'll let you guess how many of these racers have airbags in, the, in their kayaks. I mean, NRS is like a big sponsor of the race, I think, and they uh, they make they make airbags. So I think it, I think it's maybe something that uh, John Grace and them could you know, add to the uh, registration packet is at least one airbag per, per racer. Yeah, those long race boats are not light when they're full of water. So how, how do you decide when to jump in and pull somebody out, though? You know, some people think it's it's unnecessary about jumping in the river and grabbing somebody, and, you know, then you have two people in the water, but you never know what's happening to them. Like, if they're upside down and scream machine and, and getting beat on, you know, or... You know, they're pretty out of breath and they're pretty 
most every, every swimmer we've pulled in, they've just been like, kind of like, woo, we don't, I don't know what's really going on. I'm spent, out of breath, you know, and they, they have zero energy, you know. So anything that we can do to get them out of the water faster is good with me. You know, I feel fine. Are most people grateful for the save or do they wish they'd kind of had the chance to get it together themselves? Oh yeah, they they're all like they're they're all super grateful and and very happy. Some of them are upset, you know. Well, not upset at us. They they're they're happy we got them, but then they're but a lot of them are upset about crashing in the race or you know. I mean, it's a, it's a big crowd out there, you know. There's a thousand, two thousand people down there, and you know their grandma's probably watching at home on the TV. And by then they're like, oh yeah, okay, it's just it's just a. It's just a game, you know, and everybody tries super hard, you know, but it's, you know, it's just another reason to come back, to come back next year and try it again. You can't, you can't win them all, but you, you can swim them all though too. Yeah. I imagine that's a bittersweet moment. Your green race dreams are crushed, but at least you're coming out of there without an injury, hopefully. So maybe a little bit of relief. So what motivates you to keep coming back year after year? Some, some years the, the race is, is, uh, is high action. And it's a lot of fun and it's not a lot. I mean, as much as I want to see everybody succeed at their goal and, you know, paddling and finishing the green race, you know, I want to see people crash and burn, you know, because the sun never shines on the rock at Screen Machine. It's always in the shade. The sun reaches about six inches from the edge of the rock. So we're constantly in the mist of the, uh, the falls you know, and it's always, and it's always cold over there, no sun, you know, so if you're just sitting there, you know, not doing anything, it's, it gets cold. But if it's, if there's a lot of action, a lot of swimmers, a lot of boats coming, you're up and moving around, it makes it, it makes it a lot more fun. You know, so seeing, seeing action is, is kind of, you know, why we want to do it to help people out. But I think uh, I had a, I want to say Bobby Miller took a, took a swim, I guess it was out of the hole and I, and I jumped in and I grabbed him and somebody, somebody snapped a picture of him and he's like trying to climb up my body as we're like going down the slide. But he has this, this, uh, just look of sheer terror to the point where I think his wife took the picture and superimposed it onto, uh, a sweatshirt and a tie for him to wear. And I was just super, super excited that I got the, I don't think I was able to hold on to him. I think when I grabbed him, I just I grabbed his jersey over his life jacket lapels, you know. But I was I was super fired up about it because it was Bobby Miller, the uh, the Zone Dog. I grew up as a kid, you know, reading his articles in AW Magazine, you know. So I was like, oh man, I'm a Zone Dog. And so it was, it was that was a good one. And then you know, there's there's a uh, how they they pit people in the race, you know they. However, you finished last year, if you finished first or whatever, you know, you know, you, you obviously start first. And then the slower racers are at the back, or the caboose is what we call it. And so usually our, our action starts maybe the 50th racer. You know, the first hour sometimes is like pretty boring. And then as the caboose gets closer, action usually picks up. And so a couple of years ago, we were, you know, we just we're like, well, we're going to be on our feet later, so we're just going to like hang out on this rock and just enjoy the show and watch these like high caliber paddlers come by and just you know smoke the course. And all of a sudden, uh, Eric DeGill comes down and swims right in front of us. You know, it caught us totally off guard. It was 
I want to say he was like he was the third the third racer, and we were just like, oh shit, what's what's going on? We're like we already we weren't ready for it because we it was the last thing we ever expected was that somebody that high up in the starting order was gonna was gonna swim in front of us. But but we got him out, and he was he was uh, he was pretty. We could barely understand what he was saying, but he was super thankful. Got back in and kept on charging. And, but yeah, we got a lot of boats. You know, a couple of years ago we. We pulled out. Uh, we did pull out one kayak, and literally, like when we pulled the boat up, and water started flowing out of the cockpit back into the river, like the sales receipt from like where this kid had just bought this brand new stinger, like floated out of the boat, brand new boat, toast. He can afford a brand new boat, but he can't afford a set of thirty-five dollar airbags. We're on a mission to to make airbags great again. Yeah, I guess. I guess if you've got any questions about competency on the course that may be worth heeding this advice. Well, yeah, but at the same time, it's, you know, you got Eric DeGill swimming. Then we yeah, picked yeah. up my boy Gareth Tate one time out there a couple of years ago. Jason Hale. You know, we like the big fish. The big fish are, are the crowd favorites. So, yeah, I guess it can happen to anybody, especially in that kind of setting. So there's so much anticipation and anxiety before the race for the racers. How about you, though? What? What keeps you up at night before the race? Anything you worry about specifically? I mean, like I raced one time in 2001 and, you know, just like every, a lot of racers, you know, um, very sleepless night because, you know, you're excited, you're nervous, you're scared, maybe you're just, you know, just fired up. And, you know, I know that night I didn't, night before I raced, I was up all night. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep, you know, and a couple of times, you know, even with uh, doing safety, it's it's the same thing, you know. It's but it's not it's not being scared, it's not being worried. It's just like it's like the the funnest day of the year. It's like it's like Christmas. It's it's this event that's it's super fun. You get to see all your friends. You get to do a good thing. You get to help out the community. But you're just like so excited about this fun filled day that yeah, you know, I, I like. I like river safety and river rescue, you know? And so it's like, you know, it's like just a fun day of like testing, testing your, your skills out and see what you can do and just try to help other people, you know, accomplish their goals or that didn't accomplish their goals, I guess. (laughs) So uh, thanks for coming on here, Andy. I really appreciate you coming out here and telling us all about this. Uh, Before we go, what advice do you have for the racers that you might be fishing out of there this year? Man, I mean, keep on swimming. Don't make me take a day off of work for nothing. Hopefully, you know, spread out a little bit from the start to the end, not all at once. Blow your airbags up. And, uh, I hope you like bush light. So good luck to all the racers out there this year. Give it all you've got, and if you screw up, just remember that you've got some good people looking after you. Thanks for listening to all these episodes about the Green Race. It's been fun for me to hear about it from these different angles, and I hope you enjoyed it too. And thanks to Andrew Grizzell, Tommy Hillicky, Katie Dean, and Ilya Smirnoff for coming on here to tell their stories. The cover photo for this episode, featuring Andy lending a helping hand to the zone dog himself in one of his finest moments, was provided by Todd McGinnis. I've received several interesting leads on some new stories. If this drought keeps up, I'll have plenty of time to work on. So stay tuned and stay safe out there.
Thank you for listening to The Safety Break, the Whitewater Rescue Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button and click follow on our Facebook page so that we know that you're out there. I'm also looking for more stories. If you know of an interesting non-fatal river accident or rescue, send me a few details by email, safetybreak at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be dramatic or life-threatening, just something that we all might be able to learn from. I'll see if we can turn it into an episode. Stay safe out there, and I hope to see you on the river.